0: Oh yeah, we're talking about technology and trying to figure out what this is all about. Welcome once again. So glad that you're here. Uh, uh, My name is Alan. I discovered something here recently that I have actually, in my time here at Mountain Park, I have given over 500 messages, which means that uh, that totals over 250 hours. And so I just wanted to start by saying I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, when I realized how much I have uh, talked, I just kind of... But the reason I'm bringing up that statistic here today is that of all of those 500 plus uh, messages uh, this morning, January 21st, I think this is my favorite title for a message. Nomophobia. Did, did you know what this is? Have you ever heard of this tome, term, nomophobia? Here's what the phobia is. The irrational fear of being without your mobile phone <laughs> or being unable to use your phone for some reason, such as the absence of a signal or running out of minutes or battery power. This is a real thing. You can use your Mophobia and find out that this is real, you can look it up. This is an actual deal, it's an actual thing. We are talking, if you're new, we're talking about technology. We're talking about the, the pattern of this world that is technology. And Paul warns us in the New Testament, do not conform to the pattern of this world. So may we have our heads up, may we get out of the screen and have our heads up and talk and look at what Scripture has to say so that we can navigate this pattern um, uh, with our heads up so that we can figure out how to respond to this global human experiment that we are a part of, this, this huge technology piece. Now, in the first two weeks, I really just stirred up the issue, stirred up the problem, kind of stirred the pot a little bit. Here in week three, I'm, I'm going after an action plan. I'm going to talk with you about what, uh, what my response to some technology issues that I shared last week and all that. So I'm going after an action plan. Today, specifically, what we're talking about are restrictions are the whole uh, issue of boundaries and, and laws and rules that are a part of God's design. We're gonna talk about the value of restrictions, that restrictions, they feel like they're taking freedom away, but in fact, they bring freedom to the situation. I know you don't believe that, but maybe in a half an hour, hopefully we'll get closer to that, that restrictions actually bring us freedom. We're gonna talk about why we would consider restrictions and then some practically at some practical action steps in terms of what kinds of restrictions we might want to consider. This is the message your kids don't want you to hear. Uh, I, I understand that. And, uh, but this is really not about parenting. It's not about your kids. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. We'll talk about how we kind of help, help each other out with all that. But today, let's let the conversation be still about you. Let's just kind of start with you. Start with me. Kind of look at ourselves as we move forward with this. Okay, uh, not too many people have left so far. So uh, let's pray and we'll see where this goes, all right? Would you bow your heads with me? God, I'm so thankful uh, for this uh, group of people that we gather here in this space and we wanna, we wanna hear from you. We want to take this very real thing of technology and we wanna put it at your feet, God, and we wanna say, what do you want us to do with this as individuals, as families, as, um, as, as a group, as a, as a city, as a congregation. We pray um, that you would speak clearly to us uh, this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I first off want to read this uh, verse that Paul wrote in a letter to Corinth. We find in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says this, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Now, this verse, to be fair, is not talking about technology, not talking about technology in any way. Prior to this, clearly what Paul's talking about is the option of living life as a single person, to not have the distractions of a husband or a wife. That's uh, what's this, what this verse is essentially going after. But I think it's easy to transition this to to whatever the will of God is for your life. May you go after that with as few distractions as possible. And I think that can apply to our conversation about technology. So let me first look at this. Um, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord. Imagine this is, is, is your service to the Lord. This is your purpose in life. This is your calling. This is, your, this is who you want to be. All right. This represents who you want to be. This is what you want people to say about you when you are finished with your days here on this earth. This is what, what you want said at your funeral. He or she was this. Around here, we talk about, we use this phrase, to realize your role in God's story. This is your role in God's story. What we find in scripture is not just these ancient writings that have no connection with us today, but we actually get to play a role in this ongoing story that God is telling the story of humanity, your role in God's story. Now unpacking our mission statement just a little bit more that the full, the fullness of it is inviting the distracted and disinterested, which is each and every one of us at times, to realize their role in god's story we are all we're all so distracted in so many ways may we go after this with as few distractions as possible so you and i we're over here for the purpose of illustration and we are going after this role in god's story we're going after the will of god for our lives and there are so many distractions along the way and technology offers so many distractions so often, I mean, I mean, how, how often do we do we check our email? Do we check our phones? How often do we respond to the to the nudging of our uh, devices of our technology? It's just a constant distraction. How many of you use Net, Netflix? Netflix fans, okay? Yeah, yeah. A lot of you kind of barely lift your hand, but I, I'm a huge fan of Netflix. I mean, this thing is amazing. For eight bucks a month, you can get watch unlimited. That's just amazing. What I think is so interesting about Netflix, and maybe some of you can relate to this. You're going your journey. You're doing what, what you're, you're purposeful, you're working some things out and you just need a break. Just want a break, you're gonna watch a show. It's a 42-minute show. You are gonna t- take 42 minutes because it's, it's, you deserved it. You're allowed to watch a show. Watch your Netflix show. But at the end of the show, it's so fascinating. Before you have time to pick up the remote control Netflix has started the next show. They, they don't do the previously on because they know that you just watched the show. They know you just watched it. They skip the intro, skip the da-da-da-da-da, starring Joe. They skip all of that stuff. They just jump right in and it, the story continues and you kind of feel guilty having to turn them off because they're acting and they're doing their thing. They're doing a really good job with it. You don't want to interrupt them, so you just say, maybe I'll just watch one more. And so it's this journey. Netflix doesn't want you to just take a break and then get back to business. Netflix just rolls the shows automatically one into the other because they love you binge watching. They want you to spend more time on there. They want you to remain distracted for longer periods of time than perhaps you would have intended. Well, that's one example. What if we just step back and broaden the whole thing to the whole concept of the internet? That that the internet is just this, this... amazing source for information. We are in the information age and we can go access so many things so quickly. It is amazing, the whole process. And, and Google, they, their uh, homepage is designed to have no distractions. They have from the very beginning said, it is just going to have Google or their interesting little graphic and then a search bar. That's it. No advertisement. It is just no distractions. Just go for it. You find the information you want. Why is it though that after a few clicks, we find ourselves reading articles and looking up things we had no intention of looking into? Just a few clicks and oh, that looks interesting. That looks interesting. And then you're reading about all the mistakes in one of the Avenger movies that you didn't know that there are all those mistakes in there. <laughs> And then you're reading about the misconceptions about salmon. I didn't know that there were that many kinds of salmon. And we're just, you're just kind of going all over this, all these pathways and distractions. And it wasn't what you intended to do on this. We all, we all have been there. We all understand this, that the internet, that the, the, the powers like Google, their, their intention first off is not to provide you with valuable information and help you find what you're looking for. That's not their main driver. It's a major money-making machine. They want you to be distracted. They want you to start off with the no distraction page and then to go on whatever rabbit trails, whatever ads that they have. They wanna send you here, send you there, send you there. They make so much money. They're in the business of distracting. And then there's the infamous beep and it shows up in many different forms. Some of you may be familiar with some of the forms. Some of you may have heard some of the different potential beeps. Does anyone know what that, do you remember what that last one is? Do you remember, do you remember the dial-up modem sound? Who came up with that? Who, I mean, did they just pull somebody aside and said, okay, I want you to make the most annoying sound you could possibly make and then they recorded it and said, we're going to try to re- reproduce that digitally. I mean, how, just all these different beeps, all these, these different forms of the beeps that we are so familiar with, and you have your own version and all those beeps, you know, we're, we know the sound of our phone. We know the ring of our phone. We know what a text sounds like. We know what a call sounds like. We, we can leave our phone somewhere else and hear the sound and go, that's my phone. That's my phone. I know my sound, and we want a unique sound, and we know the beeps. But all of those beeps, all of those digital sounds, we're very familiar with them, and they're so unnatural. There's there's nothing in nature that sounds like that. So many other sounds that we're involved with, and and the human voice, and so many other sounds are, are just natural or reproductions of natural, but the beep, it just stands out. It is not found anywhere in nature. And when we hear it, it says very clear to us, pay attention to me now, pay attention to me, now, stop what you're doing, and I want you to be distracted by this thing. I want you to, I'm beeping you right in here. It is a powerful, powerful thing, and it just grabs us. We respond so quickly to it. Now, some people on this journey from here to the purpose in life and with all these distractions, some people believe they are gifted with the skill of being able to do both this magical ability to multitask. I can do this and I can do this. I can do this. And I've heard from lots of young people, I can multitask. And I've heard from some women in the lobby this morning that, no, I can multitask. I can multitask. And I'll just say, like Marlon said to Nemo, you think you can do these things, but you can't. we, We are not designed, I know you disagree with me, but we are not designed to multitask. Yes, we can walk and chew gum. We can do multiple things that require no brain power. We can do multiple things that we don't have to think about. We can drive and talk and all of that. But when it comes to focusing on something, when it comes to committing to something, having our attention focused on something, we can't focus on more than one thing. The brain just isn't capable of doing that. I know you disagree with me. Just, just, we'll just kind of move, move on with this one here. But we have this assumption that we have the ability to multitask. What it does, all of these distractions, they, 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 we can't do both at the same time. They do take us away from what's most important in life, what we're moving towards here. Now, Paul, I think, in his words, I think he's fairly gentle and mild, John, who's one of the 12 disciples, I think he goes after this with a little bit more aggression. He says this in 1 John chapter two, do not love the world or anything in the world. It's a little more forceful. Of course, we're supposed to love. We love God. We're supposed to love people. Love God, love people. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Absolutely, but careful with loving anything in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, and I think it's reasonable to say all of these distractions, all of these things that are pulling us away from the will of God, from the plan of God in our life, everything in the world, the cravings of the flesh, I must play that game. The lust of the eyes, I must view that image and the boasting of what he has and does, I must post something that gets a lot of likes. I must get a lot of likes. Isn't that phrase, doesn't that summarize Facebook? The boasting of what he has and does. I mean, that's just, that's just this, this driving distraction that, that, that grabs us so often. It comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, they pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That this, again, this is the will of God, this is the role that God has for you in his story. And the whole idea is that we would be focused, we would make decisions, live out our lives and respond to distractions to keep us focused, keep us focused on the will of God for our lives, because this is where our heart comes alive. These things have a temporary level of fun connected to them, but this is the one that makes your heart come alive. This is the one you deeply, deeply long for. And so the whole idea is, can I focus on this? You might remember a movie back in 1999, uh, For the Love of the Game. It's Kevin Costner plays an aging a baseball pitcher. And there's a scene where he plays for Detroit, but there's a scene where he's playing in New York, and all the Yankee fans are very loud, and. Uh, very annoying, and they're, they're saying, get out of here, and you're washed up, and you can't do anything, you're a loser, and they've got all this yelling and screaming, and all this is going on, and the camera swings around Kevin Costner while he's getting ready to pitch, and he just says, clear the mechanism, and whew, all the yelling goes away, and it's silence. Clear the mechanism. It's just me and the batter. All of that stuff, I'm just gonna set aside all those distractions. I'm just going to focus on what I'm here to do. Can, can we respond to technology in a way that says, clear the mechanism. I want to focus on what God has for me. I want, to, I want to focus on the will of God for my life. Clear the mechanism. Basically, the idea here is, are we willing to put up boundaries, put up guardrails on some of these distractions to help keep us focused? That's it, because willpower is not that powerful. When you stand at the front of a distraction, most of us know that willpower in that moment is not all that strong. Guardrails strong, willpower not all that strong. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. Maybe I'm the only one in the room. Willpower not all that strong. Here's another way of saying it. Your current you, your current self who's planning to go towards the will of God and and about to face all these distractions, your current self is way stronger than your future self that is standing in front of a distraction. Your future self standing in front of that distraction, it says, must play the game, must view the image, must post and get lots of likes, must do this, must do that. Whereas your current self the one that's not at the distraction yet, not at the temptation yet, the current self is stronger and looks and says, I know what it feels like to go down that path. I know what it feels like to go too far down that path and feel like I've wasted all this time. I know, what it, I know the guilt that I've experienced in doing that. I know how, what that's all about. It's your current self that has the ability to say, before I get to that distraction, I'm gonna put up a guardrail. I'm going to put up a restriction. I'm going to put up a boundary. I'm going to prepare myself for that moment that's coming up there. It's your current self, your strong current self that needs to help out your weaker future self. And so are you willing in a place of strength to say, what kind of boundaries, restrictions, guardrails, and am I willing to go after? I read about a in one of the books that I recommended uh, a couple weeks ago, last week I think, I read about a guy who uh, wanted to stop using Facebook, and he just decided, this is a dis- it's too much of a distraction for me, and he wanted to stop using Facebook. So he gave his coworker permission, in fact, asked his coworker to slap him in the face whenever he's on Facebook, <laughs> to just come over and just, wham, slap him in the face. Could you imagine being the coworker who was asked to do that? you're typing and you go yeah i got it no problem <laughs> just tell me if it's too hard you know i mean just kind of move into there so he asked this and this was effective for him that he found out that when he got on Facebook and his coworker came over and slapped him across the face, that it was enough of a deterrent that he stopped doing it. This was worked so well for him that he invented a wristband called Pavlov, P-A-V-L-O-K, after the Pavlovian experiments. That that it would be a negative reinforcement, uh, a wristband that that would literally give you a painful shock. If you did things that you don't want to do, this is an actual product, I do not recommend it. it, it <laughs> it's, it's selling, but it's not highly you know, touted by psychologists. You know, this, it's, it's this wristband that gives you a negative thing. This guy understands the concept of, I want to prepare with my current strong self. I want to prepare for those things when they come ahead of me. The general idea is there, but, the, but, it's, a, but it's a bad idea. Here's a, here's a less painful idea. Can your current self, your current strong self, make decisions about the location of your device before you get to the point where it's a major distraction? Where is your phone? Is your phone with you all the time? When you have a time where you need to study, where you need to work on a project, do you still have your phone right next to you? Because when that beep occurs, the brain that cannot focus on two things at once, it will shift over. It'll shift over. Are you willing to set your phone somewhere else during a project or during sleep so that you can have a guardrail against that distraction in your life? In our home, at our, at our entryway, we have a, a, a docking system where all of our devices can be lined up in one, one unit there. And that's where they sleep at night. That's where all of our phones sleep at night. And so, just whether they need charging or not, that's where they go at nighttime. Just let's just have um, the sleeping hours at least, where we are separated from these things. Now, I know there are times when we need people need to get a hold of us, and there are emergencies, etc. But, but uh, we can have the, that space at night and just kind of give some space for ourselves. Here's here, here's another example. Here's what I do. Um, I shared a little bit about my story last week, and here's my response to that. Here's what I do. Um, in terms of uh, apps on my phone, etc. Um, in addition to accountability software and all that kind of stuff that our whole family, and I'll talk about more, of that, more about that in a couple of weeks, but in addition to all of that stuff, um, uh, this is what I do with my iPhone. I don't know how this works with an Android. I'm not an Android person, so you have to translate or figure this out with an Android. But, but on the iPhone, you go into general, and there is a category there called restrictions and uh, uh, it's actually called restrictions, and it needs a passcode to get in, and one of the options under restrictions is installing apps, and you can turn off the option to install apps, which means that the app store does not appear on your phone. You cannot install apps. I have it set up on my phone where I cannot install apps, and the passcode is set by my wife. (laughs) So, if I want to install any app, I need to talk about with, my, with my wife about it, and that's the guardrail, that's the, the accountability that I want to have in my journey so that uh, I'm doing that with somebody who, that I care about and know and love and all that. So she's the one, we have to do it together. Now, you're laughing because you think, Alan, do, do you realize what year it is? You're thinking, that's ridiculous. You can't function in life with, with something like that. You're thinking, you're thinking, Alan, that's, that's this shy of being Amish right there, what you are. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I, I get that. That you're thinking, you're just imagining what that would be like, and I imagine a first word would be, that's inconvenient. That would be incredibly inconvenient. Well, let me tell you, as someone who lives that way, it is inconvenient. Yeah. It's terribly inconvenient. Let me give you an example. A couple months ago, I went with, my, with two, my two youngest kids. We flew up to Canada, and it's a three-hour flight. We were excited about, all three of us were excited about and expecting to be able to watch an in-flight movie. In fact, I think for the kids, that was the highlight of the whole trip, was being able to watch the in-flight movie, and, and, and so it just makes the time go away like nothing, three hours and all that. We get on the plane, and it's one of those planes that, that does not have screens on the seats in front of you, and the way that you can watch a movie is you, you use your own device, download an app, they have Wi-Fi on the plane, that's a smart idea, then you use your own screen and you can, you can uh, access movies there on the plane there, but you have to download an app. And so here I am, I, I can either call my wife and figure this out, or I can take three hours and spend some quality time with my kids. So I called my wife. I mean, I, <laughs> I called her right away. I said, I need the code. I need the code, honey. I need the code. I need the code. I need it right now. And I'm on the phone and, and it's getting kind of stressful. And, the, and the, the flight attendant is walking by and saying, sir, it's time to turn off your phone. Uh, we're getting ready to, to depart. And, and just a second here, I got just something really important I got to take care of. I mean, I'm really important with this. And then I can, I can hear the closing of the door uh, for the airplane. And I know we're getting close and that's, you know, the closing of that door. It's like, it's like the scene at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back when the, when the big door is closing because Han and Luke are out in the cold and we don't know what's gonna happen. And then, boom, it shuts. And then I'm going. Aah. And I'm on the phone, I, say, I need to call it, I need to call it, I need to call it. And then my wife says to me, she figures it out. Okay, okay. She gives me the code, it's one, two, three, four. And I think, shoot, I could have figured that out. Good. So, so I get the code, and then I'm going in, on one, two, three, four, I can, so I can get into the apps, and then I find the app, and then I'm downloading it, and it's downloading, 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 and the flight attendant's coming back down the aisle for the fourth time to talk to me, and she's got two big guys behind her, and she's coming up <laughs> to get to talk to me because she's going to steal my device, and I just get it, and it gets all the way downloaded, boom, airplane mode, done. How are you doing? I do it. <laughs> got it. Got it done, and we had a great flight, and uh, at, least, at least we had it on one screen, so we all watched together on one screen. That we had it. We downloaded it. On one screen for the whole deal. Let me tell you, it's inconvenient. And you can imagine other scenarios where it's inconvenient. And it's not only inconvenient for me, it can be inconvenient for other people who want to get a hold of me if I have boundaries or restrictions or limitations on how I use my phone. And so some people might not be able to get a hold of me because I'm saying I don't have my phone when I'm doing this, when I'm doing this certain thing. I think that's interesting because there is a very powerful value in our culture right now that says you need to be available all the time. 24 hours a day, whether it's work or friends or family, you need to be available now. And I'm not a huge fan of that value. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good because that means somebody else is dictating your time somebody else is shaping what you need to do in that moment. They text you and you need to respond right then. Despite what's going on, despite what you might be focused on, somebody else is shaping your, your, uh, your journey. Somebody else is telling you what to do. No, it's your time. It's your purpose. It's your role. It's your decision in terms of which distractions you're going to respond to or not. Now, I know that... Some of you think that what I do with my apps and downloading apps is ridiculous, and that's fine. I do not expect, I'm not telling anybody to do that. I'm just telling you what I do. It's totally fine to disagree with that. But what, but what are you doing? If that's not a restriction that you're comfortable with, what, what are you doing? What is your current strong self doing to help prepare and protect your weaker future self? Let me read Paul's words again, 1 Corinthians chapter seven. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Paul says, I, I'm, I'm not putting restrictions on you. There's a huge difference between someone else putting restrictions on you and you putting restrictions on yourself. Huge difference. When somebody else puts restrictions on you, then the language is, I can't, because of my parents, because of my spouse, whatever, I can't use Facebook anymore. I can't download my apps, my own apps. I can't this, I can't that. And we feel like we're a child, because all those decisions are being taken away from us. Somebody else is telling us what to do. And so then we respond like a child, and we want the very thing we're told we can't have. That becomes the most important thing that we want. But the other idea of putting restrictions on ourselves—that that is so much more powerful. The language instead of I can't, it becomes I don't. I, I don't use Facebook, or I don't use this particular app, or I don't have the power to download any app that, that I want. That is empowering. That is, is liberating. See, God, from the very beginning, He's given us parameters. Given us boundaries, laws, the 10 commandments. God doesn't do that because he wants to take our freedom away. God, from the very beginning, says, I wanna give you some boundaries. I wanna give you some suggested restrictions that you can decide whether you wanna take them or not because I wanna help you focus on the will of God for your life. God has given us lots of those things and we get to respond, which are we gonna take? Which are we gonna follow? Freedom is not being able to, is not the idea of being able to do whatever you wanna do. And so much of our technology for all ages of kids is download whatever you wanna do, do whatever you wanna do on that, good luck figuring it out. Freedom is not the opportunity to do whatever we wanna do. That's anarchy. And that kind of freedom, it actually leads to bondage. That's what we talked about last week. It, It literally leads to the opposite of freedom. Freedom is being able to decide for ourselves Which boundaries are we gonna have? Which restrictions are we gonna build up? Which guardrails are we gonna build up based on our values in life? Which which guardrails are we we gonna put up? Then we can have the freedom to focus on what's most important. The reason I I love this title, nomophobia, is that uh, it's an interesting word and in this word itself, I think is the most wise action step many of us can take. The first four letters, no more. <laughs> that for some of us, as we look at some of our uses of devices, some of the apps that we're involved with, we, we, the wisest thing for us to do is just to say no more. No more apps that just suck up hours and hours and hours of my time with no benefit whatsoever no more. No more spending 30 minutes on the toilet hiding in in the bathroom, playing something, doing something, whatever. No more cyber flirting with people you should not be connecting with from days in the past. No more cyber bullying. No more uh, trying to be someone that you're not or pretending to be or putting on an image that you're so much better than you actually are. No more that let's talk and be real with one another. That's how we continue to go after the will of God for our lives. For some of it, it might be no more Facebook, no more Snapchat, no more Instagram, whatever the thing might be, whatever your vice distraction piece might be. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just asking your current strong self to say, what restrictions are you willing to go after? No more letting, no more being a slave to technology. No more being a slave to the beeps of our lives. You choose. You choose. You have the freedom to choose your own guardrails, restrictions, boundaries, based on the values you have, and based on your understanding of what God has for you. It's beautiful freedom. And now I'm done. That's all I'm saying today. I'm not going to say no more. <laughs> Done. But I do, I do want to pray with you as you wrap up. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I do pray that you would bless this simple yet powerful action step. God, I, I know these are deep waters for many here in this room. This is a, this is a deep lake with many different pieces connected to it, and, and I can't do that, I can't do that, and it's just so frustrating. I want freedom, but I can't do it because of this. God, it's very complicated, I understand that. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would speak into the hearts of people gathered here in this space. God, speak uniquely. May, may you be the one to speak words of wisdom in terms of restrictions you want us to make in our own lives based on our own stories God, speak to us. We want to hear you. Father, right here in this room, just, we just want to pause for a few moments. We want to hear from you in what area of your life, what app, what part of our use of technology, God, do you want to challenge us on? Do you want us to have a bold response to? We want to take just a moment and hear from you. That give us the courage to respond boldly. And may we enjoy the fruits of that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.